0: Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Okay, here we are once again. I'm Joel Brzezinski with Mike Kapler a Growing in Grace podcast org is the website that you'll find us on and of course you can find us with your favorite podcasting app we're all over the place Google Music well Google Podcasts actually is the place where you can find it and whatever else i mean there's a, a whole myriad of places where you can listen to the podcast it's really cool how that works these days there's Spotify Pandora all of that right Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you jogged my memory there because they weren't coming to me
1: <laughs> it just <laughs> there's wasn't too many coming. to count
0: there's there there's too many to count and we're on Amazon Music, too. They just started doing podcasts, so you can catch us on Amazon Music. But it is a lot cooler than the old days when, you know, Cap, you and I were in radio and it was pretty awesome that you could have programs on the radio like this, but now there's all kinds of them out there and you have instant access to them. You don't have to get your, like uh, what I used to do, get my tape recorder out when a certain program was going to be on the radio and record it so I could listen to it later or over and over again.
1: (laughs) Now it's right there.
0: Anytime know, you and, want it.
1: And the same is true for even music, Joel. And yes. it, it pains me to say this since we're old radio guys, but if I want to hear a song, I can just pull it up on my Pandora or Spotify or whatever and say, I want to play this song. I want to hear this song right now. Yep, I was doing that
0: yesterday. I spent some time in England as a boy and all of a sudden some song came into my head from 1979 or 80 or something like that from a band called The Specials in England. I just, I wanted to hear that song. I typed it in. There it was, and then all of a sudden I was listening to a whole bunch of late 70s (laughs) and early 80s music from England, and it was cool.
1: It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, every every once in a while you think, uh, man, I haven't heard that song for a while. Maybe you even heard it on the radio. Why don't I ever hear that song anymore? How about Little Willie or Fox on the Run (laughs) or, you know. Yes, (laughs) a lot of good stuff. It's pretty cool. We've been talking about tithing. T I T H E the tithe. I think we're probably about five programs in now, and and so we'll be getting to grace giving pretty soon. But if you'd like to go back and and hear some of those programs, as Joel mentioned, growingingrace.org. I think Joel, there's always people who want to try and kind of twist things and try and convince people that giving 10% of their money is a requirement from God. And I've I've heard some tremendous, fantastic stories of pastors out there who are convinced that if you don't tithe, meaning if you don't give 10% of your income to the church building, to the church corporation, specifically the one that the pastor is at that's talking to you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you don't do that, then you are under a curse. And there are some who will even go so far as to say, when you die, you're going to end up in hell because mm-hmm. you didn't follow this rule and, and do this requirement. There's a lot of people out there who have gone through some some real pain. In fact, I, I saw you post something recently on social media, and somebody replied. And I've heard this one before, too, where the, the pastor would say, I don't look at what people give. I don't pay any attention to that. I don't want to know about that. I don't monitor that. But then they get together with somebody for lunch, and they'll say, <laughs> I'm concerned that you haven't been you right. know tithing or giving as much as what you should be <laughs> these are real life stories and 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 people go through all this spiritual and emotional trauma because of it and it's it's really kind of a sad state of affairs
0: yeah but it, it really does sadden me it's it's one reason why this whole tithing topic is such a big thing in my heart I really want to help people because you know, there are people who are indifferent have different understandings of, of tithing. Like you say, some people, it's a requirement, and if you don't do this, you're going to hell. Uh, some of it, it's a requirement. If you don't do it, you still go to heaven, but God won't bless you here on earth. For other people, it's not as legalistic, but they still feel like they need to be doing it. One example, and even some some grace teachers will teach this, that, well, tithing is a minimum. I mean, we should at least give it that. The law says to give a tithe so grace enables us to give beyond the tithe <laughs> and you just have to listen to yourself when you when you say something like that it's just it's kind of crazy because well we have talked about how the actual law the tithing laws and they were plural there were at least 3 tithes two of them were at least yearly tithes considered yearly one of them was every third year And so if if tithing under the law was actually 23 and a third percent, and so grace giving then, according to these people who say that we should give beyond what the law says, should be at least 23.3 percent, not 10 percent. But still, the, the notion is that it's just not true, that just because the law says something doesn't mean that grace enables us to go beyond it. There's a myriad of laws that that wouldn't apply to. It's just so silly to think about that that way. Tithing is not a minimum. It Really, tithing, whether it's Abraham's tithe, whether it's the lawful tithe, whether it's Jacob's vow to tithe, which I'll get to in here in a little while, that's not a minimum. It's not a principle. You have to want it to be a principle. I've said this before in this series. You have to want it to be true in order to make this, and, and then you have to go look at these scriptures and make them fit what you already believe. It's not like the Bible itself anywhere says that God's godly number for giving is 10%. Uh, it's God's principle for giving. You will find all kinds of examples throughout the Bible of people giving, and some of them were these 10% things. Other ones had nothing to do with it. They were offerings, they were this or that nothing to do with a certain percentage. So when giving becomes about a percentage, especially this 10% thing, you're twisting and manipulating the scriptures to make them mean what you want them to mean rather than teaching what these scriptures actually say, which is not anything close to giving 10% of your income to a church.
1: Yeah, isn't that something? So so you got all these different things going on out there about, about money, and the title is never really about that. And so... What we've got here, though, is just a a combination of covenants taking place, mixing grace and law. And again, that whole reason for the tithe was to take care of the priesthood, (laughs) the people who were a part of the tribe that contained the priesthood. That's what this was all about. and We've talked about that quite a bit over recent weeks. Uh, and we talked about Abraham uh, a couple of different times because some will try to use him as an argument for tithing. So we kind of covered that. So tell me about this Jacob character because people almost act like Jacob went to church every week and tithed <laughs> uh, his ten uh, percent of his income, Joel.
0: Right. Well, Jacob would have been Abraham's grandson, and so in Genesis twenty-eight we've got the Jacob's ladder scenario. We won't get into that, but you can you can read that in in. Um, Jacob 28, in Genesis 28. (laughs) And then Jacob Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Remember, this is all pre-cross. So Jacob arose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put his head on and set it up as a pillar. And this is at the end of Genesis 28. Poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, and here's his vow. It's really a conditional vow. If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going. See, Jacob was on his journey back to where he had come from. He was on a certain journey. So if God will keep me in this way that I am going, And give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, that I may come back to my father's house in peace. So That's the context. That's the scenario we're looking at. Jacob was returning to where he had come from, his father's house. So if this all happens, so that I may come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. And so, yeah, people will zero in on that last little part of that sentence. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. But Jacob was being very conditional here. God had to fulfill all these things for him. And it wasn't just that he would give a tenth, but, then he, but he would also say, The Lord shall be my God. So it's almost like he was saying if God doesn't do this for me, he won't be my God. (laughs) I mean, take a look at the context. Take a look at what's going on here. This isn't some principle that Jacob came up with, or that some people have taught that he learned the principle of tithing from Abraham, his grandfather. And we, of course, I think we've sufficiently made a case that Abraham's tithe of the spoils of war was no principle. He wasn't giving out of faith. He wasn't giving because of some tithing principle that he had learned from God. It was a one-time thing of the spoils of war. He didn't teach it to Jacob as a principle. I mean, if you want to believe that, again, you have to make it up. And then you have to go to these scriptures and say, see, he vowed to give a 10th to God. So anyway, I'm just saying that there's nothing here that says that just because Jacob vowed to do this This conditional thing that he vowed to do, it doesn't make it a principle for all believers to follow for all time and eternity, no more than Abraham's tithe was, and no more than Jacob's vow to make his pillow into God's house, the stone that he had put at his head. You don't see anybody else in the whole Bible making this vow. You don't see anybody else saying, I'm going to do this. All the people that Jacob knew, he didn't say, okay, and everybody else, you need to do this too. It wasn't anything like that. It was just something that Jacob himself vowed to do.
1: Um, so, yeah, again, the, the context is, is everything here. You know, if, if you have the idea that the Bible is just all one book instead of a whole bunch of different books that were written at different times by multiple people, <laughs> if you just think it's all one book and that it's all meant for you somehow, either plainly or cryptically or whatever, then you're going to walk in some sort of covenant confusion. I mean, the the big picture from this book we call the Bible is that there was an old covenant that was set up with the Israelites. It was um, a weak covenant. It was a covenant that they could not keep. They could not do what it required, and they needed somebody else to fulfill what was required. They needed somebody to fulfill that on their behalf, and that somebody would be God himself in the form of the person we know as Jesus Christ, who became a man and and died in our place and fulfilled the requirement. And, and so I've heard people say, Joel, that, you know, well, Jesus Jesus has become our tithe. You know, I, I know where some people are going with that on the grace side of things, but really, Jesus paid it all. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he he's our 100%. And there's nowhere else to go. He's the only way. And when it comes to giving, we'll, we'll talk more about it here in the weeks to come. When it comes to giving, as Joel said earlier, there are people out there who will say, you pay your tithe, that's the minimum. It's like a monthly or a weekly bill that you would get from the electric company. And I've even heard people say, and I know they mean well, but they say when it comes down to your monthly bills, you pay your tithe first. That that's the first mm-hmm. fruits. That's what you give. People are being manipulated and the scriptures are being twisted in some cases to the advantage of the people who are telling you this sort of thing. It's just way out there. It's just way out of whack. It doesn't mesh with the new covenant of Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed that completed what was needed. It's just a different thing. Now we have been given new hearts, we're new creations in Christ because God is a giving god we have inherited that that very nature and so giving we're all for it it's it just shouldn't be treated in a legalistic way like the tithe that was taking place with the israelites
0: Right, exactly so um, we've talked about tithing if we can think of anything else that has to do with tithing we'll get into that next week otherwise we'll move on to what it actually means to give under grace coming up on growing in grace